You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. All right, well, good morning, everybody. Great to have you back. Uh, trust that you enjoyed the first part of our talk around the prophetic and what that looks like, the outworking of it. Um, and uh, if you didn't get part one of this talk on the prophetic, then I would possibly suggest that you go back and uh, just catch up on, on last week's talk, um, just so that you've got a context for what we're trying to do here um, as we start to talk a little bit about the prophetic with Andrew Gordon Godfrey, and so, and so my middle name. yeah, normally that's that, I noticed that's normally when when you're in trouble, Sue pulls out that middle name, Andrew Gordon Godfrey. I've heard that a couple of times over the last couple of years. Eh? Well, the funny thing is, I'm sure you use it more than Sue, actually. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go ahead and pray before we get started, Father. We do honestly, Lord, we are so grateful for your loving and your leading. In this time, Lord, such turbulent times, and that's what we started with last week, um, just the, the need for the prophetic in turbulent times. We are grateful, Lord, that through all of this lockdown, you haven't been on lockdown. Through shutdown, you haven't been on shutdown. You have not been restricted in any way, shape, or form, Lord. You've been working and walking ahead of us, Father. So I'm incredibly grateful for your loving and your leading in this time, Lord. Would you take us on this morning as we as we talk a little bit more around the prophetic would you come and lead us and guide us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Very cool. So, as we said last week, we spoke a little bit about uh, the need for the prophetic in, in turbulent times. And um, so we're going to pick up uh, right away on something that Dudley taught us years ago. Um, and Dudley is the founder of uh, New Covenant Ministries International, led the team for a number of years. And uh, Dudley always said this, he said that of all of the fivefold gifting, the prophetic had the most need to be tied to governmental ministry because it can get weird pretty quick if it's not. And um, to be honest, over the last while, I've realized how valid those comments were from Dudley. You know, And I think sometimes what people call uh, prophetic, whether it's ideas or whatever, in reality, it does lead to a little bit of weirdness if it isn't just grounded in the word and grounded with some kind of governmental ministry, you know. And um, I've always loved that text, uh, Luke 7. I'm just going to read it for you. Luke 7 uh, from verse 1 says this, When Jesus had finished saying all of this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his, his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. This is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. And here we go. This is the critical part of this text. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. 
And I tell this one, go, and he goes, and this one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who he had sent returned to the house and found the servant well. And like I said, for me, the critical text there is that one, uh, verse 8, where he says to Jesus, the centurion says to Jesus, I understand authority because I'm under authority. Now, being a centurion in the Roman army was quite a significant position. It was a weighted position. It was certainly a leadership position. And what this guy says is, I'm a man under authority. I'm under the authority of Rome. I'm under the authority of those those uh, commanding officers above me. Because I'm under authority, I have authority. Because I'm under authority, I can say to this one, go, and he goes, because that person knows if he doesn't, he's not just challenging my authority, he's challenging the authority, the full might and weight of Rome. And so, actually, as we've spoken about accountability and authority over the over years, we've realized this, that what most people, and it seems like a thing in our day, it feels like, you know, those have become bad words in 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 the modern day church, the Western church. These issues of submission, authority, accountability, and um, but I'm absolutely convinced of it. That right understanding of these things will release authority. They'll release power. You know, authority and accountability is not meant to crush us; meant to release us, so that when we speak, we speak with all the authority of the Word of God, our local church, the full. And by implication, the full weight of heaven behind yeah. us. Yeah. Look, I mean, give us some uh, thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> this certainly is a, a challenging area, and I think part of it is because, you know, by and large, I think people's experience of authority is not always positive. You know, and I think mm. I think if I were to try and kind of ground this in a biblical illustration right from the outset, would be would be Ezekiel, you know, thirty-seven with the the river of life. And it really is about life. This whole discussion is about life, is about preserving and protecting the life of God. Absolutely. And so, you know, that analogy of the river is interesting because it says when the the banks are broken and there's marshes, you know, it says there is no life there. And, And so really what we're talking about is we're talking about, when we're talking about governmental ministry, we're talking about the banks to the river. Yeah. You know what I mean? And really, what, what the, the heart of that of that whole analogy is really where the river touches the sea, says there are multitudes of fish. And so we're yeah. talking about what do we need to have in play to get the life of God to the people. You know? Brilliant. And so it is ultimately it is about salvation. It is about deliverance, about freedom, yeah. all those kind of things. Yeah. And I think like like the like the body. Any breakdown in structure, if I cut my arm, you know, this is organic life, but it still has structure. Right. You know I mean? yeah, right. And in the breakdown of structure, there's a loss of life. If I yeah. cut my arm, I'm losing blood. Yeah. You know, we're losing life at that point. And so, and so the heart of this whole deal about accountability, about authority, is about the preservation of life. Brilliant. And, uh, and so, you know, accountability is an interesting thing because... It's like honor. You know, when we talk about a culture of honor, honor is not something that you can demand. It's something that has to be given. Mm. Same for accountability. Yeah. Accountability is not something that you can demand. It's yep. something that has to be given. Absolutely. And so I think part of the challenge of, of this discussion is that most people's experience of leadership is in a control model. Yeah. 
you know, it's at work. Your boss tells you what to do. You know, yeah. I mean, it's military. You know, you just obey the command without, yeah. without any discussion. You know yeah. what I mean? And really, when you look at the biblical model for authority, for for the structures that God has put in play, they are yeah. not control models. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Hebrews thirteen and sixteen is interesting because it says, you know, obey your leaders. You yeah. know. But when you when you dig a little deeper in that word, you know that word obey is actually better translated as to be persuaded by. Yeah, be persuaded by your leaders. In other words, it, again, it comes back to honor. Give them honor. You yeah. know what I mean? So that you reap the benefit of that authority. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not about control. Absolutely. And uh, and so I think where, where people react in a sense to leadership, I think most times is because they're reacting to their history of control models yeah. and they don't want to be controlled. And to be honest, I think actually when it comes to uh, the prophetic gift outworking in the body, it's much more a shoulder to shoulder gift in the sense that we stand shoulder to shoulder and we hear God. It is the yeah. privilege of every single believer to hear God. Right? Absolutely. I mean, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. That means every single believer has both the privilege and the responsibility of hearing from God. 100%. There is no mediator other than yeah. Jesus. In other words, I don't Absolutely. have to go seek out a prophet to hear yeah. God. Yeah. Um, Old Testament, different story, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the anointing was limited to a very select few individuals. Yeah. Kings, prophets, priests. And men once they were dead. Yeah. With the cross, with the, the ripping of the, t the curtain, with uh, the Acts 2, with Pentecost, actually the gift, the anointing of the Holy Spirit given to every single believer to hear God. Yeah. And so I think the challenge in the context of the prophetic gift particularly is hearing, understand, understanding that we are hearing God in the context of authority that is there to preserve life. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and so uh, it's not about control. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it really isn't. And so it, it becomes about heart, you know, yeah. like what is, what is the heart of God? You know, what is, what is a leader's heart of God for the people that he's leading? You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I were to turn that back to you and say, you know, tell us, tell me more about your heart for the people of Redemption City Church. You know, yeah. what are you, what are you hoping for the people of Redemption City Church, you know? yeah. what is it? What you know? Put that in your own words. What does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think what I've what I've always said is I, I think the role of the pastor is is incredibly closely linked or or mirrored in simply in the role of a father. You know, and you know, on on the eldership, we've had this discussion. If every elder at Redemption City Church wanted for every person at Redemption City Church what he wants for his kids. We'd never ever have another pastoral problem, yeah. you know. Now that includes um, blessing, it in, but it also includes um, discipline and direction. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, when I think about my kids, or four of them, there there have been moments where you you've had to say that's not the way we're going, or or that's you, you know what I'm saying, and and bring like a little bit of a of a course correction. And so even with your even with your kids. And it, and it doesn't matter whether they two and four, my boys now, certainly the ones that are around me the most, 20 and 22, there still are those moments. You know what I mean? We have to have like a little bit of a course 
correction. And it's not because I'm trying to wreck anything for them or spoil their fun or anything like that. It's like, actually, I'm trying to help you walk in in the best. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, but I think, again, back to your point, I mean, as I think the maturity piece in that is that if, you know, my boys seek my counsel, they want to know, Dad, what do you think about this? What do we do? You know what I'm saying? And so, it is exactly that thing. It becomes as the as you mature, and maybe and maybe that's an element that we need to touch on, you know, because the mature gifts that can walk shoulder to shoulder, you know what I mean. Nobody's trying to elbow. Nobody's trying to suppress, promote their own gift. It's like actually there's a mutual thing here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And totally. so there's the maturity aspect of that of that thing. It's the it's the immature that that is trying to force and. You know what Elbow I'm saying? for position. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think for me, I, I mean, honestly, the governmental part of this thing for me is like, do I want the absolute best for every single person that calls Redemption City Home? 100%. Totally. But that doesn't mean it's a free-for-all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It means actually there's some direction and some, loved your illustration, the banks. Yeah. Within these banks, let's run hard. After every single thing that God has for it. Totally. But if the banks are destroyed, or or as elders, we choose not to put those banks and we choose to have a hands-off attitude, everybody do what they like, we get to that place where there's eventually there's no life. Yeah. We think we're doing it for life. You know? Are we just gonna go hands off? We think we're doing it for life, but ultimately it's gonna end up with no life. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, let me comment a little bit more about like what the nature of those banks are. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think they're fairly well defined you know from a biblical perspective you know and, and you know i love that section in isaiah you know isaiah 33 which says this it says the lord there the lord will be our mighty one you know it says the lord is our judge the mm. lord is our lawgiver the lord is our king it is he who will save us you know? yeah um it starts back in verse 20 it says jerusalem a peaceful abode right yeah. A tent that will not be moved, its stakes will ne- never be pulled up, nor will any of its ropes be broken. And so there's there's some senses when God comes, the mighty one comes, it, it his government, his rulership, his authority brings peace, right? Mm. Brings stability. Mm. And uh, in verse 22, it defines it as three pieces: that you know, our judge, our lawgiver, our king. I mean, there, to some degree, there's a there's a reflection of that even in um, you know America's. The U.S.'s governmental systems. You know, you've got your legislative, your executive, your judicial. And when you talk about governmental authority, even in a local church, you know, it's about doctrine. You know, the setting of doctrine, discipline, and direction. Yeah, those three, the three D's of governmental Absolutely. leadership. And so, um, you know, when you talk about those as the banks, you know, when you translate that into both your in, people's individual lives, my individual life. Um, you know, every one of our individual life and then the, the body, redemption city as a body itself. Mm. Those are the three Ds that fall yeah. under governmental yeah. leadership. And to some degree, it's fairly obvious. You know, it's like direction. Like how do, how do we as Redemption City Church stay on the same track? Well, how do we move forward together? Well, direction is the banks. You know what I mean? Direction set by a team yep. of elders. Um, you know, if someone's continually going off on their own and saying, we want to go this way, we want to go this way, we want to go this way, actually we're losing the cohesion of the local body. 100%. Right? Yep. And so direction mm-hmm. makes, you know, is, is probably the most obvious. Yeah. Um, doctrine, again, you know, the protection against false doctrine, 
you know, um, discipline. And, and I think this is where maybe the prophetic thing comes more into play. You know, it's like you read so much of the prophetic, well, not so much, but certainly um, the prophetic has a tendency towards warning, you know, woe to, you know, woe to you, yeah. you know, you're missing it, you know, you, yeah. you're not doing this, this and this, and you should be, you know, and, and so when you, when you understand that actually discipline is part of the banks, you realize that actually discipline needs to be worked out in the context of an eldership team. Absolutely. If someone has a word for Redemption City Church that's saying, well, we are missing it. Yeah. There's some adjustments need to be made. And let's be honest, I feel like there are always adjustments that need to be made. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> um, but, but there may be an added intensity under God for that particular thing in this season. Someone brings that word. That word is not for public consumption without eldership involvement. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? You know, for someone to stand up on on a on a Sunday or whatever meeting and say, "Whoa, to Redemption City Church," if they're going to do that, in many ways, that needs to be worked out with the eldership team in advance. Yeah, really. I think I think sometimes what what happens with the prophetic gift is is that the prophetic gift sometimes comes with a lot of intensity of emotion. Yeah. And that's a good thing, right? I mean, that's the way I think God designed it. But at the same time, we cannot be led by emotion. Yep. You know, we're still going to decide based on, on what the Word says. You know, we go back to the Word in terms of understanding um, the substance of the Word and aligning, in a sense, that intensity and that emotion with it. You know? yep. <clears throat> Where I think it gets weird is when emotion just says free reign and there's not those parameters, you know, in yep. play. Yeah, I mean, to to overstate something, um, just in the context of what you're saying, but to, to overstate it, I, I think that's where a number of cults have come from. You know what I mean? Somebody thinks they've got this special revelation from God, this special prophetic revelation. It's not worked out in the context. And I think, they, I, to be honest with you, I mean, as much as we're talking about the the working it out in the context of the local church, the, the local church eldership, I think there's, there needs to be a whole lot more continuity between the gifts. You know what I'm saying? It's not just government and prophetic. It's not just elders and prophetic. It's also teachers. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, man, does this even line up with the Word of God? And that's that's my nervousness in the context of these wild, weird, weird things that can go on if we just go hands off. It's like, actually, like you said, you can... Take us off in a in a way, and to overstate it, that's where a lot of cults come from. Somebody had a special revelation, didn't want to submit it, wanted to go off on his own thing, and builds a doctrine around that. Where are the teachers? Where are the guys to say, "Hey, this thing doesn't match up with the Word of God"? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Doesn't actually match up with what we know about the nature and character and and the very voice of God that is recorded for us. So I think there's a whole lot more cohesion even between the fivefold gifting when it comes to understanding the the, the prophetic. You know. Otherwise, we've got special revelation then, you know, and uh, and so that's uh, sometimes where I get a little nervous around some of these things, you know. And, yeah. and I mean, nervous is maybe a strong word, but just it it gives me that sense. I think of like, man, we need to work this thing out into yeah every every time, you know what I mean. Otherwise, we can be off on on different tracks. But let me let me ask another kind of like a question that I've thought about. As as we've gone along, you know, because I think I think of two two kind of giftings 
that are often subject to this. It's worship leaders and prophets. You know what I mean? And I think in some way, and it comes back to your thing of saying, we don't need somebody standing in between us and God. But in the context of a worship leader, sometimes we do. If you're like me, I don't have any worship leading skills. So I need a worship leader around me. And I've been so incredibly grateful for the worship leaders, including you, that God has put around me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then people get into that mode with the prophetic as well. It's like, hey, man, we need this prophetic gifting. And we absolutely do. But it seems like somehow those two giftings are, are often, um, well, what's, what's the word? I mean, um, inc- you know. You mean they, you know, people, people almost exalt that gift? Exactly. But so they start to put those people up on a pedestal. That's well, that's exactly where I was going. And I mean, yeah. even sometimes from other churches, you know. Yeah. I mean, we've had we've had multiple accounts where you've got a where you've got a very good worship leader, great worship leader, and he's encouraged to go join a bigger church. It's a bigger platform. It's whatever. And sometimes I feel like those two gifts, the worship gift and the prophetic gift, will often, and I think that suffer is the right word. They'll often suffer that thing instead of being planted and grounded. You know, they they have got this ability to be encouraged to move from church to church where their gift is is more recognized. So just yeah, that's that's I mean that's an that, yeah that's an interesting question and a, and a challenging one to answer. I think there's there's a number of facets to it. To be honest, I think from a you know as a worship leader, I think as as a kind of someone that leans more prophetically, I think I think there's. There's a there's a vulnerability that goes with a gift, and I think every honestly, I think every gift that God gives has both you know there, there's strengths to it and there's weaknesses to it, and part of yeah. it is bec- is because God actually designed them to function in team, yeah. and so the vulnerability of a worship leader, honestly, sometimes is the fact that they are very much in touch with people's responses. Yeah. You know? As a worship leader, if you're leading worship and you are totally insensitive to what how people are responding, actually that makes you makes him not a great worship leader. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, you might be a good musician, but, <laughs> but you're not, you're not, a, a, great not a great worship because leader. Because the worship leading responsibility is kind of taking people with you into yeah. the presence of God. Yeah. So you've got to be aware of where people are at. But it exposes actually what I think is a huge vulnerability. Yeah. And that is that, that worship leaders can become vulnerable to pleasing man. They, they almost bend towards pleasing men instead yeah. of pleasing God yeah. you know, because of that, because of part of that, that gift mix, you know. And so, um, you know, so this, and the same applies then for, for that gifting in its outworking. People, it's a visible gift, you know, it's a, it's a gift that actually can produce a high impact quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like a warring gift. Yeah. And, and so it's exciting. You know, people get excited by it. But I think when you when you put it in team and you realize, okay, you know, this this prophetic gift is is designed to be tied to apostolic. You know what I mean? You realize that you know prophetic might be more of a warring gift. It's exciting. You know, God does a lot of can do a lot of stuff fast. But if you don't marry it to that apostolic, and and if I were to put you know that apostolic gift, um, the heart of the apostolic gift, I think is is based on building. We yeah. want to build. Yep. Absolutely. You want to build, you know. What I mean? So you've got this warring and building, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And and you can't just war, yeah. Because what happens is if you don't build, you never actually win the victory. Absolutely. You know? If you don't actually establish yep. something, then you, you've got nothing left behind you. Absolutely. You know? um, 
And so the prophetic gift wants to more, it's, it's attractive because of that. You yeah. know, it's a power it's gift. Spectacular. It's spectacular. It can be spectacular. Yeah. Building is not. Building is like up to your arms in cement and dirt. And Absolutely. Bricks, you know Foundations. I mean? And it's brick, you know, one brick at a time. You yeah. know what I mean? We're just trying to put another brick in the wall, you know? Yeah. And so that apostolic heart where it's like, okay, let's just put another brick in the wall, you know? Yeah. Let's just, you know, plant another church, yeah. release another leader. You know, you know, start another connect group. You know, what I mean, that that heart yeah. to just build, 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 establish, build, establish. When you when you remove the prophetic from that, the prophetic loses the substance of building. Yeah. Um, when you remove the prophetic from the apostolic, it loses that that kind of warring edge. You know, that breakthrough yeah. edge. Yeah. And so you need those two together. You know, and I think I think we're. You know the, the you know the 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 affection of people can be very attractive, right? Yeah. You know the the adulation of people, but I think I think if you go back to the word where it says actually you know you judge people by by the fruit. In other words, you're looking over their shoulder and say, okay, what is behind them? You know, what have they Brilliant. established? What yep. have they built? Yeah. You know? And so the prophetic gift over time, you know, it it has to build. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you end up with something way less than what God intended. You know? And so the partnership between kind of warring and building, yeah. you know, is a means to breakthrough. You know, I, I love Nehemiah. I mean, um, you know, spent some time just a month ago, just took a set aside five days and just praying and fasting and reading Nehemiah. Yeah. The thing that I love about the scent, like the middle, the pivot point of that book, is they win the victory when the wall is built. When the wall is built, exactly. Yeah, so it says actually their enemies lost yeah. heart. They saw the wall. They saw the wall. Wall was built, and yeah. his enemies lost heart. Yeah. And I think it's that it's that understanding that actually what ultimately wins the fight is building. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what actually Brilliant. establishes the victory. Brilliant. And so. Um, you know the vulnerability of of that kind of prophetic worship gift. You know. I think it's the very reason why God puts team in play yeah. is protection against that. Yeah. You know? um, we've seen so many, I mean, you, you and I both seen so many lives wrecked, you know, powerful gifting, losing some of that, some of the banks. Yeah. You know, and, we, and you and I both over the years seen lives destroyed because of it, you know? mm -hmm. because they, you know, you, you, uh, you know, it's funny. I said to someone the other day, you know, don't don't believe the advertising. <laughs> it's like you go travel and you go preach and whatever, and everyone's like, man, you're the rock star. I'm like, don't believe the advertising. No, you exactly. Know? Come back to come back to solid ground. You yeah. Know? <laughs> come back to yeah. <laughs> come back to redemption. <laughs> back, back into kids ministry. Back to changing diapers. It'll ground you. <clears throat> totally. <laughs> no, but I, I mean honestly, but I mean it is it is a deep concern for me because again and to overstate something and to take it out to its logical conclusion I, i've seen those two gifting more than any other that worship leader prophetic gift and, and often those two are carved together totally do you know what i'm saying it's, totally. they often are they've got a sensitivity towards the heart of god they've got a sensitivity towards god and so oftentimes worship leaders carry something of the prophetic yep you know what i'm saying when i think again of the of the incredible worship leaders that that I've had the privilege of, of having around me. That certainly has been my experience. You know what I'm saying? That sensitivity to God can lead to something of a prophetic edge. Um, and so I think, again, just to overstate it and to take it out there to its logical conclusion, I, I see those gifts more often than any other gifts 
end up being spiritual orphans. They flit from home. You know what I'm saying? They go from church to church. They're never really grounded. They're never really committed to that building process. And some of that thing is just their absolute refusal to, like you said, submission is offered, therefore I have accountability. You know what I mean? It's like if you can't get to that step, then you never have that accountability. Again, to be absolutely, absolutely truthful here, to not expect that is completely unrealistic. You know what I'm saying? I, I lead Redemption City Church. I can't say whatever I want from the pulpit. That's why I've got a team around me. There's this mutual accountability that if I'm preaching something, the team would come to me and be like, hey, but just talk us through this thing. How does this work? How does this play out? Where does this end up? You know what I'm saying? And so for a prophet to be a prophetic gift, to be able to say, well, I can just say whatever I want. It's it's completely unrealistic. Nobody has that privilege. Totally. And that's where the, again, where the, where the continuity of the gifts plays in. And we have to say, wait, hang on a minute. Does this line up with the word of God? Does this line up with what the eldership team who are set in place by God, you know, those, those biblical, those biblical structures of deacons, elders in partnership with the apostolic team, they're not our invention. They're plain as day in the word of God. You know what I'm saying? But if we can't find our way through that, if we can't find our way into this thing of a heart of submission, you, you know what I'm saying? What, where are we going as a local church? Totally. We can often end up with just like we are there. You know what I mean? And totally. and I've had a great I've had a great burden. I don't know I don't know why, but maybe for the last week or so I've had this great burden for spiritual orphans. You know, because they out there, you know what I mean? They they and again the, the illustration of, of David's mighty men, you know, they killing bears and Philistines. And like we said, it looks good, it looks spectacular. But David's anointed to build the kingdom. You know what I mean? Now I'm not David. You're not David. No church leader is David. There's a principle there that we can be out there killing bears and Philistines or we can tie ourselves in and build the kingdom. Totally. You, you know that's what I'm huge. saying? And that's so huge. we've got a ton of guys that are out there killing bears and Philistines, whether that's worship leaders, whether it's whether it's prophets, whatever it is. Evangelists. Evangelists. We can, we, and truthfully, we can all be a little bit subject to that. And, and I love the, the thing that you said about, you know, we're always out there preaching. Yeah, you know, you know what I love about travel and preaching? All my old jokes work. Every time. Every time I go to a new place, all my old jokes work. <laughs> People think I'm the funniest person on the planet. Ask Sandy if she thinks I'm funny. Well, after we married to me for 30 years. My old jokes on her. My old jokes don't work on her anymore. You know what I mean? And so that's that that's that thing of like actually there's this grounding and this working it out. Totally. And, and it's not and it's not super attractive and super spectacular. But again, just to, I think we're going to, we're going to land this segment here, just back to this thing of like, man, what are we building? Yeah. What is left behind us? You, you know what I mean? Is the absolute critical point yeah. of, of tying these ministries together, having this continuity yeah. and working this out together so that we can advance the kingdom the way God intended it. It's God's will, God's way, not just God's will. It's not good enough anymore. We have to do God's will, God's way. Yeah. It's just amazing how much of it comes back to just the simple idea of partnership. Yeah. Yeah. That God has not called us alone. Yeah. He's put us in a context. He's put us in an environment. Yeah. And that environment, He's put us in that environment as, I believe, the best place for us to grow into the fullness of what God has for us. 100%. And, and you know, isolation is the, is, is the enemy. You know, we yeah. don't, we, we, you know, you know, everyone's vulnerable when you're isolated. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. 
And so there's this just this practical wisdom of like, man, in hearing God, yeah. work it out in team. Yeah. You know? Don't yeah. just do it by yourself. Absolutely. You know, call call people, call the elders. You know, you know, yeah. just you know, work it out in, in the in the context in which yeah. God has put you in. And, yeah. and I have to say, for me, I mean, I felt like God put me in a context, 1988. And you know, just last year, I felt like God said, "I've not called you, you to revisit that decision." Yeah, that's the context I put you in. That's yeah. where I planted you. Now work it out in that, Brilliant. in that context. You know, the, you know that planting of the Lord. It is. It's like a planting of the Lord. God planted yeah. me in this context. Yeah, called us to work out our gift and call within that context. Absolutely, it's an incredible privilege to be honest. Absolutely, yeah. incredible. It has been for thirty years. Exactly. We I, mean, are, I think we are incredibly privileged. Yeah, you know, for the for what we've grown up in, you know, yeah. this sense of this apostolic prophetic, the sense of New Testament governmental models that are not about control or or suppression or anything like that, but they're about releasing life. Totally. I've got tons of of stories that I could tell about how that life was released in in me as a as a young man and to be honest, still still feel the release of of that life. Yeah. You know? it's so, awesome. It's awesome. Great, Andrew. Thanks so much, man. This is uh, this, these are these are I think some incredibly helpful discussions, you know. So we'll end it. We'll end it there for today. Do you want to pray for us? Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> Lord, we just we just so aware that yes, um, we are your body. Yes, Lord. And and you know, body at war with itself. Actually, mm. it has a name, and that's and that's cancer. Yeah. Um, is a body at war with itself. Mm. And we, mm. we want to pray for your body. Mm. We pray for, for healing and health yes, and strength yes, for your body, Lord, where, where structures have broken down and life is being lost. Yeah. Lord, we ask for just a restoration of right structure, Lord. Yes, God. Um, a restoration of wineskin, Lord, wineskin that would get the wine to the people, Lord. Yes, Lord. Um, just think of of Ezekiel 47, the river, mm. Lord, and mm. just how the promise, Lord, of the river of life is that there are multitudes of fish of every kind. Yeah. And Lord, in all of this, we're trusting you for a multiplied harvest. We're trusting you for a multiplied impact, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're trusting, Lord, that, that your body um, here on earth would have the impact that you desire. Absolutely. I pray for every person of Redemption City Church, yes, Lord. Lord. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord, that you say, my sheep, mm. hear my voice. I pray, Lord, that they would hear your voice in yes, this God. season. Yes, Lord. Loud and clear. Yes, Lord. Loud and clear, Lord God. And that, Lord, you would continue to mm. speak to us as Redemption City Church, Lord. Yes, you would Lord. continue to shape us and direct us. Yes, Lord. You would continue to have your way with us. We do mm. want to say once again, Lord, you are our captain, yeah. you come as commander of the army of the yes, Lord. Lord. And we, above all else, we submit yes, to Lord. your leadership, yes, to your authority. Yes, Lord. Have your way with us in yes, Jesus' mighty Jesus name. name. Amen. 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 Well, we've got two preachers trying to stick to a 30-minute time limit. That's hard for one to do. You got two, <laughs> you got two of us trying to stick to a 30-minute time limit, but... Uh, I've got to say, for me, I'm I'm just absolutely loving this format and I'm loving this discussion. Okay. And trust we can do this with different people on different levels and different subjects. Absolutely. And, 
and uh, just is an incredible blessing. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Redemption City Church. Don't forget those two emails, RCCCares, if you have any needs, and uh, pray at redemptioncitychurch.com if, uh, if you want pray for anything or, or in any way. Um, we'd be delighted to, to pray for you or to try and help you out practically. Uh, God bless. Trust you have an incredible week. And uh, we've got some news coming down the pipeline. Hopefully this, uh, this week we're going to be sending a few emails and uh, telling you about us getting back together. So God bless you. Have a great week. See you on the other side.